This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. On the phone we have, I'm going to say it, the greatest cornerback and safety in NFL history. When this guy played a hit on you, you remembered it. Former San Francisco 49er. He played for a couple other teams, but he's a 49er through and through. Ronnie Lott. How are you doing today, Mr. Lott? I'm doing pretty good. I see that um, you were born in New Mexico. You ended up going to USC. Was USC your only choice, or did you have a bunch of choices for colleges? Yeah, I had a bunch of choices. And, um, you know, I was looking at a lot of schools. And when I was looking at schools um, all over uh, California, and I was looking at schools um, throughout the Midwest, um, um, I was lucky enough where John Robinson uh, decided to recruit me, and I thought it would be a great uh, place for me to go. So um, I chose to move in the direction of uh, a lot of great uh, Southern California players and um, decided to go to USC. Was it a tough sell? No, it wasn't a tough sell. The reason it wasn't a tough sell, my high school coach, even though I wanted to go to UCLA, my high school coach said, look, if you really want to play football, and if that's what you, really what you want to do in your life, you should go to USC, and you're going to get a great education, and you're going to be able to um, not only be a Trojan there for four years, but you'll be part of the Trojan family for life, and um, I, I realized uh, right after my coach said that in high school that it was the right thing for me to do. Was there any consideration of letting you play offense at USC, or was it basically you're going to be a defensive back slash safety? Well, it started off as a defensive back, and then there was a point when they lost Charlie White. They were looking for a tailback, and at the time they had Marcus Allen and myself and um, Dennis Smith and a host of other defensive players that they thought – you know what, we should try one of these guys and see if they can play. And uh, I think they chose the right guy. Marcus Allen was uh, pretty good. Was he any good on defense? He was great on defense. <laughs> That's the problem. He was great at whatever he did. You look at that roster, and I see names like Marcus Allen, Jeff Fisher, you, Bruce Matthews, Dennis Smith, Keith Van Horn, who played for the Bears, Joey Brown, or Hobie Brown. It's, it's like... You guys had more talent on the Trojans than some NFL teams have. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of talent on that team, and uh, we had an offensive line that was arguably better than a lot of um, pro lines. And uh, phenomenal athletes, <clears throat> athletes, and guys who uh, love the game and love playing it, and guys who uh, work very hard at. <clears throat> was Notre Dame your biggest rival? Yeah, Notre Dame was, and, and will always be for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's a great game, great athletes on both sides. Um, they um, had uh, um, a group of guys over the years you know, that I learned to uh, love and hate competing against them, uh, competing against you know the likes of Joe Montana and others. It makes makes your life really very difficult when you're competing against guys like that. What was playing for John Robinson like? John Robinson was a great coach, and um, I think was, you know, to me, arguably the best coach I ever played for. You know, uh, Bill was an exceptional coach, but I uh, just really enjoyed what I learned from Coach Robinson and, and all the things that he brought in terms of his enthusiasm and his passion for wanting to win. What was the main difference between him and uh – your coach um, with the 49ers, Bill Walsh? 
I think the difference was you had one guy that talked about competing. You had another guy that talked about execution. I think Bill focused more on execution. He focused more on the uh, the way the game was played. John just said, look, you got to out-compete the guy. you got to find ways to um, imp- impose your will. And um, I think that that, uh, that uh, attribute was something that uh, resonated with me. And I think that those were the differences that uh, allowed me to be a, a great football player. The transition from high school to college, how easy or difficult was that for you? It is uh, very difficult because there are things that you had to learn that you didn't learn in in high school and things that you have to uh, get ready for in terms of the size and speed of uh, college players. That championship game, was it your biggest game in college at 78 championship? Yeah, I think a a lot of games were big games. Um, Playing against uh, Notre Dame obviously was, was great. Playing against uh, teams like um, teams like Stanford, you know, playing against Bill Walsh, playing against UCLA was great. Uh, playing against Alabama and Bear Bryant and, and the teams there, uh, I mean, so there were a lot of great games that uh, that um, that we played at uh, USC and a lot of great teams that we played against. But I would say that um, going on the road and winning on the road was. Uh, some of, the, some of the best parts about playing sports. In practice, did you get to go up against Charles White? Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> yeah, it was very tough. Charlie was a very he was a, one of the great competitors, one of the, you know, one of the most dominating backs in college football. I see that one of the reasons the 49ers drafted you was because uh, – your teammate and also your uh, conditioning coach, Jerry Attaway, convinced Bill Walsh that they should take you. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you, you know, it, 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 it happens when you have somebody that that trained you and, and, and worked with you and helped you, and, and Jerry was essential to um, helping me develop as a football player at USC as well as uh, helping me develop as a uh, athlete uh, with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Going into the draft, were you confident where you would go and who would take you? No, I wasn't confident and uh, did not know. So the the 49ers draft you in the first round. They they draft another defensive back, Eric Wright, in the second round. They draft another defensive back, Carlton Williamson, in the third round. Do you say to yourself, hey, they drafted me. What are they drafting all these other defensive backs for? Yeah, I think what the, I think they chose at that time that they felt like we needed to, they needed to find ways to shore up their secondary and shore up their defense. And um, I know that the year before they had um, a lot of uh, challenges with the secondary. They had a lot of injuries. So I think they wanted to go young, and, and uh, thank God they went young and uh, we were all excited to play together and come together, and turned out that um, you know playing with those guys were the best part of my life. Just because all of them were great, you know, great guys and great people. I remember your rookie season. It seemed like you could do no wrong. I mean, you had seven interceptions, three of them returned for touchdowns. You got to play in the Super Bowl. You must have thought, you know what, this game is pretty easy. <laughs> Well, I will tell you this. I don't know if it was easy uh, because every day George Seifert, our coach, 
was making sure that we were humble and making sure that we stayed on task. And I think the focus was that we had to continue to do the things that we were capable of doing. And uh, I think I think I think George was uh, you know the taskmaster and made sure that all we did was focus on the game of football. How did the transition from college to pro differ from high school to college? Um, I would say that you know there was some things that um, were challenging, but all in all, you know the, the thing is to me that jumps out is people just bigger and stronger and faster. And in training camp, you found out that you were big enough, strong enough, and fast enough to compete at that level. Um, I think though, I think I think what happens is, is all the, you find yourself realizing every every day you got to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And every day you had a lot of work, to, you know, a lot of stuff you had to work on. Even though you played the Bengals in that first Super Bowl, I think the real Super Bowl was that game against the Cowboys when Dwight Clark made that catch because, I mean, again, you defeated America's team. Yeah, that was, that was the moment, and it was a great moment. When you were playing with the 49ers, you were in four Super Bowls. Was there one that stood out as your favorite? Yeah, but there, you know, obviously when you think of all the Super Bowls and you think you think about all the things that went on and you think about, you know, the the, the one in the 80, 89 and, you know, coming back and, and beating Denver and you think about, you know, how that, that went and you think about the Super Bowl and, and, and Cincinnati and playing Cincinnati and, and you know, the, coming down to a very close game and, 84 playing, you know, Marino, and that was a, you know, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal game for uh, for us and playing in front of our home crowd and playing in front of our fans and and then and then the first one and the first one was one that um, I will tell you that when I think about that game and how it played out, it was unbelievable and the reason I think it was unbelievable, we just had. So many things that went well that day. It was a phenomenal day. And uh, I think the first one's always the best one because there's so many things that you, you learn how to, that you learn to accomplish that day and so many things that make you feel really good about it. And so I think that when you think about those moments, right, and you think about all the things that you're trying to accomplish, the first one is the hardest one. And the reason it's the hardest one because nobody knows that you can get there. And clearly, uh, we didn't know. We, di- we didn't walk into the season that year saying, boy, we're going to the Super Bowl. We walked in that year saying, man, let's just make sure we can play great football. And uh, we ended up playing a lot of great football that year, and it became a phenomenal year. That game in 84, that Super Bowl, I mean, which was like a home game because you were playing in San Francisco, and you played, like you mentioned, Marino. That game had to be fun for you guys because never before had a team in sense had a team played in their home city. That was a lot of fun. It was great because you had a chance to sit sit there in front of your uh, friends. You had a chance to stay uh, with your families and friends. Uh, you didn't have to go into a hotel that week. Uh, there were a lot of things that made that week uh, very, very special. At the same time, it also was one of those weeks where you were nervous because nobody had ever done it before. So to be able to go out and do it, to be able to win conventionally the way we won, 
And then the other thing that people forget about, that team was very, very special because uh, it didn't lose a lot of games. And we did uh, find ourselves with a lot of great football players. Some football players on that team that were some of the best at their position. And what I love is that we didn't have Jerry Rice on that team. We had, you know, some great football players, but we had some guys on that team that were the very, very best at their position. We had Big Hands Johnson. We had Louis Kelcher. Those guys were at the best. They were the best at their position at one time or another. And we had guys like that that really supplemented and helped our team and complemented our team in a way that when we got down to the end, uh, it was really our defensive line in that game that really uh, put on a show and allowed us to win that football game. And, um, you know, Fred Dean and the rest of that group, Michael Carter, it was just a wonderful execution of guys playing uh, great football. Where did the story start that you had your finger amputated during a game? Because it was after the season. Was it just folklore, or did you kind of play up to it? No, I never played up to it because it didn't even happen that year. And it didn't happen at all during that year. Uh, the following year, it happened. We played... Uh, uh, in the 1985 year, um, turns out that uh, we played the Cowboys going into uh, the last game of the season. And then after going into the last game of the season, it turns out that uh, um, playing against the Cowboys, I, I, I ended up smashing my finger. Uh, I ended up deciding that I was going to play the following game. And it turned out that um, I wanted to play. The doctor said that, look, you can't. And I said, look, man, I got to play. Ended up playing against the, the, the Giants in a playoff game. We ended up losing back there in New York. And uh, it was a tough loss. Uh, we went back there and uh, gave our gave our best effort. But uh, uh, Joe Morris and, and the Giants prevailed that day. But uh, after the after that game was over with, everybody was saying, I can't believe you played the game. And, and I was like, you know, those are the things that we do in life. And, and then the doctor said to me after that game that you have to amputate the finger. So uh, I ended up amputating the finger and then moving into the following year, realizing that um, um, I'm going to have to you know, continue my career playing with, with um, my finger cut off. But uh, the story is a Paul Bunyan story. A lot of people have said a lot of different things about it, but it was not part of the uh, 84-85 season. Was it a tough transition to be, go from cornerback to safety? For me, it wasn't a tough transition. Um, I had to go back there uh, in that year. I went back uh, in the year of 85. Uh, the, the, the coaches felt that um, uh, there were, four, I guess it was about the fifth game of the season. They said, look, Ronnie, you got to you got you to get out of the corner position. We want you out off the corner position. We want you out of there. We'd like for you to go back and play at the safety position. We think that's better for you. We think that you'll have a better opportunity to have success there. So I went back to that position, um, uh, made the most of it that year. Uh, that was the one year I didn't make the pro ball and didn't make um, 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 anything that year. And so that was a tough year for me uh, because um, I, I, I lost out. And so I had to regroup, came back the following year, 
and um, subsequently ended up making the Pro Bowl and ended up having a, a really a, a phenomenal year and played really well. But that 85 year was a very difficult year for me because there were a lot of things that didn't go well, the transitional corner, the transitional going to a new position. How did it feel when you found out you were inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, I'll be the first one to tell you, anytime that you feel that you have a shot, that means that you've worked your tail off. That means that you've given a lot to the game. And uh, that means that there were so many things that would have to fall in place because the only thing you know is what you did, but you don't know is how people judge it. And what you don't understand is what people are going to, what people are going to think about, uh, how your body of work and what it means to play in the league. So, um, I, I, I learned that there were a lot of things um, that I needed to work on, a lot of things that I needed to accomplish. And uh, unfortunately for me, um, 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 you know, I have friends telling me that there was no way that you're going to make it your first year in. And unfortunately for me, there were some guys that said, hey, you, you might have a shot. So um, I ended up getting lucky, ended up going in the same year, with uh, Montana, I think the, the, the momentum of him and Dave Wilcox carried me in, and uh, that's what got me into the uh, Hall of Fame. When are we going to get the owner of the 49ers in, Eddie DiBartolo? I mean, that guy just seems like he deserves to be in. I haven't heard one negative thing from a former 49, 49er about him. No, and you won't get one from me either, and the reason why is that he's one of the best, if not the best owner ever. Uh, he set the tone for ownership and how it should be, how it should interact, how it should help players, how it should find ways to enhance their lives. He did an incredible job. He still does. He, he still continues to help people, continues to find ways to enhance their lives. He's just been a phenomenal uh, leader, a phenomenal person. I'm always uh, forever indebted to him because of all the things that he was able to accomplish. One way just a, you know, just a, you know, just he's just one of those awesome owners. What was the defining moment of your career, or your favorite moment of your career? The favorite moment for me was uh, in 1981. That's a, that's a defining defining moment to me, and the reason why we learned a lot about what we could do, and we learned a lot about how we could get better. And I think we applied that each and every year that I played the game. I think that everybody that I was associated with that year realized that there was so much more that we can do. And I think that um, just looking at that year and looking at the guys and looking at what they were able to accomplish, I realized that, man, those guys set a, a new tone for the game of football, and we were guys who constantly believed that we could always do better and that we could always accomplish a lot for, for, the, game of, uh, for the game of football and more importantly for the, for the San Francisco 49 That does it for another show. I'd like to thank our guests, Dan Reeves and Ronnie Lott, and our executive producer, Dave Olson. This is Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. Tune in again next time.